Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would speak your word to us, that we would hear your word and it would bear fruit in our lives all to your honor and glory. We pray this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Please be seated. Sanctity of Human Life Sunday. The sanctity of human life. All human life is to be valued and protected and honored. Not just convenient, planned, or healthy life, but hard, inconvenient, and struggling to hold on life as well. All human life is created by God and so is to be honored and protected from conception until natural death and all the stages in between. God is close to us and He comes to us and He intimately forms us in our mother's womb. He is not distant or uncaring, allowing a mechanistic process to, to occur, but He is intimately involved in caring for and creating us. And His love for us gives us value from conception to natural death and everywhere in between. So our reading today from Psalm 139 speaks with confidence that God is close enough to know us deeply and to look into our hearts. It says in verse 2 that He is close to us in sort of our everyday life, when we sit and when we rise up. Verse 9 tells us that He is close to us no matter where we go, even to the ends of the earth. And verse 13, God is with us even in our mother's womb. Even in those weeks before our mother even knew she was pregnant, God was with us, forming and making us. And so the psalmist writes, You knitted me together in my mother's womb. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven together. Just as a side note, as my wife is pregnant, it's kind of amazing to read that passage knowing that's going on in her. Surely if there were one place where God wasn't with me, it would be in my mother's womb while I was growing even before she knew I was there. But God's Word assures us that even there... God was forming us and making us and shaping us and caring for us. And our value comes from the one who made us, who formed us in his image, who loves us and died for us. And he was there making us, personally creating each one of us in our mother's womb. But as you well know, our society And our legal system would have us believe something very different about the value of our lives. We are taught that, uh, and our laws are built around the lie that human life begins only after birth. And human value begins only after birth, not while in our mother's womb. And many believe that it is parents, and especially mothers, decision as to whether or not they want the child... And that decision is actually what makes that child a real baby or just a clump of cells. If the mother wants the child, then it's a baby. 
If the mother does not, then it's described as a parasite that can be eliminated. Value rests as it goes. Value rests in whether or not another human wants us. But Psalm 139 makes clear that our value comes from the Creator who personally made us. It is not our mother or father's desire for us. It is not a governmental decree. It is not passing through the birth canal. Our value comes from the one who made us, who is the same one who became incarnate for us, to die for us, and to rise victorious over sin and death. Our value comes from him who made us and gives us value. Now, I know that this topic, and I want to be careful with words with some small ears, but this topic and surrounding sanctity of life, I know, is a hard topic and an unpopular one in many circles in our country. But the fact is that over 860,000 lives are ended in this way annually in the United States. Of those 860,000, now of course we remember that there's a man and a woman involved, but this stat is just about the women, one in three of those women regularly were attending church at the time. This needs to be a topic that we discuss because it impacts all of us. And also on this Martin Luther King Jr. weekend, it's worth noting that Alveda King Martin Luther King Jr.'s niece, is a leading person in the pro-life movement. And she says that the pro-life movement is the natural continuation of her uncle's civil rights movement. Standing up for the unborn is the natural continuation of her uncle's ministry. And she says this is the civil rights crisis of our day. We must stand up for these children and do everything that we possibly can to protect them. But on this topic of protecting life, I don't want to be just general or theoretical. I want to take just a very brief moment to respond to two concerns that I have heard from Christians in my life, actual conversations that I have heard uh, from a couple people in my life, professing Christians, just within the last couple months. I'm not getting into a political debate. I'm not arguing with made-up people, but I want to specifically address two concerns with the pro-life position that are personally brought to me and I know are shared by others here. And the first, and I want to be careful how I, the language I use for this, but I think you'll understand. The first has to do with how a child was conceived. When the child was conceived in especially painful and evil circumstances. And this is terrible and evil and justice must be served and legal sentences must be issued and healing will be needed. And the child conceived, even in evil circumstances, is being knit together by God himself in his mother's womb. And that child is given value by God who makes her. Her value is not diminished by the circumstances of her conception. Either she is a child or she is not. And because she is a child, 
created by God, we must protect her life as well. The second concern has been raised multiple times to me surrounding this issue, and someone in my family just recently said to me something along the lines of, well, there are so many other problems, broken families, foster care, unwanted children, why don't you care about fixing them too? Essentially, there are other problems, why do you focus on one? To which I responded, I hope very calmly, with two things. One was very simply, does anyone complain that the American Cancer Society doesn't try to cure diabetes? No. They're the American Cancer Society. They've focused in on one ill in society that they're trying to focus on. That doesn't mean that curing cancer, people trying to cure cancer, don't care about other diseases, but their mission is focused in on one issue, not all. It's okay to focus on one thing. I mean, any good business knows that concept. The second that I pointed out was simply that some of us personally, some of our churches and other wonderful organizations actually are involved in trying to solve those other problems as well. Some of us have adopted children in need. Some of us have worked with foster care and advocating for children and helping to provide homes for children. Some have worked with parents in need in order to help keep their families together. We are trying to address these other issues as well. And here at Holy Cross, we are doing our part to help address them, and I want to invite you to be a part of it. I want to tell you some exciting ways that we are getting involved here in 2020. So in the United States, there are about 443,000, about 443,000 children currently in foster care. There are about 14,000 just in our state. Part of being pro-life must involve caring for and advocating for those children. As Psalm 68 says, God sets the lonely in families. That's his heart. And it should be on our heart as well. And this is a big challenge, but we know the heart of God who makes each one of us in the secrecy of our mother's womb and has designed loving families as the place for us to grow and flourish. In just a second, I want to show you a video from an organization called Promise 686. I'm not so much specifically promoting this organization, though they're great, go check them out, that's wonderful. But what I want to do is show you in their video, because they explain it better than I will, what happens and what is needed surrounding the foster care system. So we at Holy Cross are going to be getting involved, um, but before I explain how we're going to do that, I want to show you uh, this video to be helpful in expressing the need and what can be done. So let's watch. Every child matters. Each one is infinitely precious to God. That's why we're called to care about the child welfare system. Think of the American child welfare system as a path. Each year, four million children travel some part of it. 
That's enough to fill every Major League Baseball and NFL stadium. But we as the church can walk with these vulnerable children every step of the way. A child steps into the child welfare path when someone says something needs to change. If there's abuse or neglect, the child moves further down the path. But if the family's simply struggling, sometimes the best way to care for a child is to care for the caretaker. The preservation of a family can be the church's first opportunity to love a child in need. A new crib or a building could mean the difference between staying in a loving home or a sojourn through the child welfare system. When possible, we strengthen families in crisis in hopes they won't break apart. Intervention is necessary when a child is suffering abuse or neglect. Still, leaving home is traumatic, and children carry their pain with them into a foster home. Most foster families don't last a year. That's why volunteers from local churches are vital. Foster families surrounded by support teams typically foster for multiple years. Help with meals, transportation, childcare, and taking breaks can make all the difference in the hard and heroic work of fostering. When a child is placed in a foster home, connection is critical for their well-being. Some children may reconnect with their biological parents, a family in crisis is restored, and bonds are rebuilt. For other children, adoption is their best hope for a permanent connection. But adoption can be scary, confusing, expensive. Churches can be powerful allies for foster and adoptive parents. Educating, mentoring, and assisting families enlarges the heart of a congregation. We can also extend a sense of belonging to a child who may have never felt such love before. The ultimate destination of the child welfare path is where a child is placed in a home that will love and nurture her forever. This is permanence, and it's always the goal to bring them home. No government agency or well-meaning organization can take the place of a true family. To bring more children safely home, families need our support. Churches are filled with caring people who can wrap around these children and families making their way together. This is where Promise 686 takes its stand. Four million children travel the child welfare system each year. But 120 million Americans regularly attend church. The scale of the challenge is measured in stadiums. The scale of the solution is one child, one family, and one community. Promise 686 helps churches join in God's mission to set the lonely in families. We help preserve families where possible, support intervention where necessary, connect children to stable and secure families, and help them find a permanent home where they will be loved and cherished forever. We do everything we can to help every child we can. That's who we are. That's our mission. We pray you'll join us. God sets the lonely in families. There are thousands in our state who are in this foster care process, and we have ways that we're beginning to help. So this coming weekend, we are partnering with a local Christian foster care organization to provide a parent's night out for their foster families. And so this weekend, we have a team from Holy Cross 
uh, that are going to host a fun night for the kids so that foster parents can have a night out and get a break. And this agency was so pleased to offer this to their families, all because Holy Cross saw a need and offered to help. And we're hoping to have more of these throughout the year as we continue this budding partnership with this local Christian organization. Another way that we're joining the work to help children and families in foster care is our new program called Families Count. So family reunification is the goal of foster care. Unfortunately, sometimes that's not possible. But many times, families are able to do the necessary work to be able to be reunited as a family. And as long as that's possible, we want to encourage that. And one part of that process is a state-required parenting class. It actually comes pretty much at the end of the process. Well, in the fall, our Anglicans for Life chapter here is going to be hosting and leading an explicitly Christian gospel-centered parenting class that fulfills the state requirement for parents seeking to be reunited with their children. And so we're going to have the opportunity to share the gospel and provide practical tools and support parents as they seek to be reunited with their family. Now this program has been shown to provide significantly better results than the state's program. Surprise, surprise, when you bring Jesus into it, it works better. It has better completion rates, better family results, and in the process, people are coming to know the Lord and being drawn to Him. We'll share more information about the Families Count uh, program as we get closer, but we are thrilled to be able to be part of the solution and part of the healing and restoration of families, all in Jesus' name. So Holy Cross, you can be involved in honoring and protecting the sanctity of all human life, from conception all the way to natural death. Perhaps in the future you'd be interested in volunteering in later foster parents' nights out. Perhaps God will stir in you and you'd like to help with the Families Count ministry beginning later this year. I want to recommend to you the Anglicans for Life newsletter. It's actually located on a table out there just to the left of the office door. Uh, a man I've been getting to know named Johnston Moore wrote the cover article on orphan ministry, and I would encourage you to take one and read it. You could join in for the Made in His Image event on February 29th. Information is in your bulletin. You could join in this week for the Georgia March for Life on the 22nd this week. See, life matters. Human life created by God, made holy by the one who made and formed us in our mother's womb, is precious and should be protected. And human life should be honored and cared for in a wide variety of ways. And we especially invite you into the world-changing and life-giving ministry that we're getting involved in here for caring for and providing for children and families in foster care. God knitted you together in your mother's womb. And God places the lonely in families. Amen.